0: to Diagnostics, the gym for dungeon masters to work out their minds. I'm one of your hosts, DM Celeste, aka Sea Witch.
1: And I'm your other host, DM Neil, aka Jote maniac And you know what? Don't feel bad. If you don't call yourself a dungeon master, if you call yourself a game master or one of the mm-hmm. other hilarious versions of that, mm-hmm. which, oh my gosh. What is the funniest version? Why do I feel like there's something out there? I don't
0: like... know if there's fun like storyteller, like keeper. That's one storyteller uh, yeah. keeper. Yeah. For call of Cthulhu. Yeah. There was
1: there yeah. was some smaller game that like tried really hard to make their own version, like, and I feel like the Master,
0: the Crypt yeah. Keeper, whatever you want to call it yourself.
1: <laughs> Only undead, an all undead campaign. All undead. Call yourself
0: the Crypt Keeper. <laughs> the Crypt Keeper, amazing.
1: Perfect. So today. Our exercise is entitled "This Is Your Boomstick," Whee! which is a play on Army of Darkness, which is a really weird movie inside the the, like, the Evil Dead series. Mm-hmm. Please watch it if you have never seen Army of Darkness. That <laughs> is your call to action from this. Yes. not even to like and follow us or no. leave review. No, please don't. Do
0: yourself a favor and watch just watch that Army of Darkness. Surrealist yes. nightmare. Yes. Wow. <laughs>
1: So, but that means we're actually going to talk about an article today. And that article is entitled Dungeons and Dragons, seven tips for creating custom magic items. Ooh, well,
0: you know, I love me some custom magic items. So this is this is gonna, be I'm interested. What are these tips? Perhaps we can learn something.
1: All right, so tip number seven. I don't know that
0: it matters. Wait, before we'll, we get, say it, we okay. should say this is by Nima Dabirian Dabri- yes. Tavrani. So, all right, Nima, show us what you got. Let's show
1: me what you got. I literally watched that episode last time. So the first one that we have is take inspiration from existing magic
0: items. That is great. That is a great idea. I even, I even like official items designed for d d or even other TTRPGs can be a great source for evaluating the balance of your design. Excellent point, Nima. This is... 100% what I always tell people when they're like, where should I get started with design? I'm like, look at what exists and take that and then change things about it. That's the best way to homebrew things. That's the best way to reskin things. So, totally.
1: And then, yeah, and taking two of that version is basically like finding something that you enjoy. Is it a movie that you watched? Is it a game that you played? Is it a video game? And uh, it's tough yeah. so, because you need to be cautious with that because those things often are not scaled for balance Uh, (laughs) for theatrics and drama and things of that nature so be careful with things that you bring from pieces of media because they may land really well and be the thing that you really enjoy and they also could very much miss that mark because you can't make it that powerful and it not just be completely
0: broken yeah it can be really helpful to Try and if you have an idea for something from a game or whatever, like look at what exists and try to pick what would be the closest to it. Like, for example, you know, if you're making the one ring from Lord of the Rings, go into a book and you'll see that the ring of invisibility is like a super rare, incredibly powerful, hard to get thing. And that just makes you invisible, let alone all the other stuff the one ring can do, right? So, like, finding examples like that can really bring you down into the gravitas of like. Okay, this is very powerful. Here's the general level I need to aim for.
1: Yeah, and then and then you can play with trade offs if you want something to be really powerful, but there are consequences. But then you start to then you're starting to play with so much for one magic item for one character because it's like yeah, you can put the one ring on, and then these nine ring wraiths are just going to start hunting you down, yep. and the eye, <laughs> the literal eye of Sauron, is going to know where you are at all times. Uh, okay, all right, but then. <laughs> but then that one character becomes the Frodo of the story and you got to play with that. So what is our next piece of advice?
0: Ah, number six, kind of riffing on that tailor items specifically for characters. Yes, this is great. I feel like magic items are such a hard thing for DMS to manage like GMs in general. They, they're always asking like, All right, when do I give out treasure? Or like what do I do? My party has so many magic items, they're not using them. Like, or you know, oh man, I made this one item and now like the game is like ruined because they just use this and it solves all the problems. I think that's a huge thing. And really involving your players in the process of handing out magic items is so helpful for like overcoming a lot of those issues. So if you do pick your items, like ask your monk, hi. What do you want? Like, what what, do you want a magic weapon? Do you want something that can make you fly? Like, what is it? And then going with that is a great, great way to make some custom magic items.
1: Yeah. And I I realize I've given this piece of advice previously, but I feel like unfortunately for me your piece of advice is much better but one of the ways to do it if you're not comfortable asking the players or you do want it to be a surprise is trying to hone in on the things that they're always doing is your monk always using um there it is wow flurry of blows (laughs) it took me way too long to figure it out um it's okay we're recording late (laughs) yeah but the other thing with that is that doesn't that doesn't inherently mean that they will want that to be the thing that they buff. It could be that they use flurry of blows because they feel like it's the most potent thing Mm -hmm. that they do in the same way that the warlock is most likely going to cast Eldritch Blast every turn that they get a chance to because they feel like they have to. So that doesn't just because they do it all the time does not necessarily mean that that's what they want. So yeah, surprise, surprise, asking your players is probably a better option.
0: Well, in even if you just notice like what what they're constantly trying to do that they can't mm-hmm. do in the rules, that's a, that's a big one. I feel like I have players who are always like, "Well, shouldn't I be able to do this because of that?" And it's like, "Well, no. Not really." Uh but good thought and then you know if they keep if that keeps being a thing then maybe give them a magic item just so they can do that you know if you have a a player I'm, I'm like thinking about my monk player so she's right here in my mind but if you have a monk that's constantly trying to sneak around like overhearing people's conversations you don't know, make them give them something to make them better at stealth right or yep. if they're constantly asking npcs to like if they can fly cast fly spells on them give them a way to fly you know that that sort of paying attention but also don't feel too bad because i feel like giving magic items is so much like there are some people in this world who are just born with the talent of giving great presents and it's a it's a gift it is truly a gift that is a rare person so you tapping into that and like doing that in a game format is very challenging so Forgive yourself too <laughs> if you if you don't hit it every time. That's why I just like to go to the source and ask your players directly what they want.
1: I like it. <laughs> so our next piece of advice is to go ahead and make items that are part of the world's lore. Yeah. Which yeah. I mean there I would go so far as to say that That's not necessarily the worst idea for whatever you give them, whether it's something that you made custom or it's something that you're going to give them anyways. If it's a pre-written module, let's say it's a pre-written module that you're running, but you're running it in the homebrew world that you have. Well, one, you might be having to scrub things off of it that are already on there from (laughs) whoever wrote it, which is obviously totally fine. Suggested, in fact. Or you're just going to tack on certain things because it makes sense. Is it... Let's say it's a cloak, but it's made from the hide or skin of this very specific monster. Does that mean that people appreciate it more when you go into town? Does it mean that people fear and hate because of what you're wearing? Like, Figure out how it fits best and then go from there. Also, you probably want to pick the player that actually cares.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> definitely one of my favorite things to do. I think the most effective way to do this if you have like a, a cleric or a paladin uh, in your party and they have a specific god that they're really drawn to, like, introducing magic items, like, made by that god or, you know, relics of that god is a really cool way to make their god feel like a more important part of whatever world you're in. So, like, that's that's a cool way. I also like uh, Nima's suggestion in here that they think about your players can learn about the world through using the item, by like using divination spells on it, like identify or legend lore. So yeah, if you build in these items that like can access these spells, you know, and really make them feel like they're supposed to be there in a crunchy part of the world, like that's a super cool thing to do. Oh, this next one. I feel like we were talking about this earlier. A little bit, Help, yeah. help characters with their weaknesses. Yes, yes. Make items for them that like, let them do the things they can't. I think that's a great idea. Cause you know, even every fighter, every fighter once in a while wants a look cool some magic, like cool magic tricks to do, you know? So like give them give them a little something that they can like get a little flavor in there. Or, you know, if your rogue is so unlucky, <laughs> just so unlucky, constantly rolls terribly, give them an item that could like change their luck a little bit, you know? Make I magic items can be that fun like bridge to enhance your abilities. Yeah.
1: Well, and I also think like be cautious though of what are what weakness are they trying to make better? Is that something that someone else in the party is really strong at? Oh, yeah, it's like that's their a good thing. Point. It's just a, yeah, something to keep in mind. Like you don't. And maybe having two players that can both do it, maybe that's fine. Maybe it's you know perception inv- investigation. That's not that's not a thing. Is that a, that's not a thing in fifth edition? Is it perception investigation?
0: and investigation? That yeah. is. What yeah. was the other?
1: What was the other one? Search. That's search what it was. search was like okay, 3.5 yeah <laughs> yeah <Whoa>. woof <laughs> yeah so but the idea that like okay two people that can do that that's probably not bad or are they helping each other so someone's always getting advantage cuz now this person is proficient in it um and the other one that i thought of that i mean it probably fits in with all of this advice another place to look to determine the strength of a potential magic item is looking at feats mm-hmm. and putting them on par with a feat and then kind of using that as a guide because you mentioned lucky, so do I put first off, no, I no, don't, don't but theoretically <laughs> yeah, theoretically a person could I'm not that person, put the lucky feet or basically the essence of it on a coin or something like that. And the person attunes to it. In some ways I almost feel like that's better than the actual lucky feet because then it it's taking an attunement spot.
0: Yeah. But at least that, it's yeah. some it's some cost, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But but the idea of looking
1: at a feat, um, like I think, do I take a bow that gives elven accuracy, even though mm-hmm. the person isn't of elven descent? That's a really really powerful thing that I just gave them because now it gives them a bonus to a stat as well as making basically mm-hmm. triple adv- you know, double advantage, if you will, because you can roll three dice and take the best.
0: Yeah. And I mean, this is a great way, like, putting attaching feats to magic items is a great way to do that if you are worried about, like, power level and creep, because with magic items you can always put weird, you know, extra things and conditions and limit the uses, right, if it has recharges or things like that. So it's actually a safer way to introduce things like that into your game if you are worried about balance.
1: Yeah, and it also ends up being a really intuit, potentially intuitive way to add things uh, if you're going the direction of magic items that can grow in power. Um, is it a plus one bow, but they've used it for, you know, they leveled up, they used it while they've leveled up twice. This is arbitrary as I'll get out. This is, just so we're clear, this is napkin mechanics. This is not real mechanics. But <laughs> but the idea that like, okay, so they've leveled up twice and they still have the bow in the possession. It's their main thing. Now they get elven accuracy because they've used it
0: check out Cobalt Press's fabled uh, magic item systems and Vault of Magic if you want items that level up in power like that. But yeah, it's like a lot of that kind of stuff when you hit certain levels, you know, and you still have this magic item in your possession, it'll level up with you, which is a cool thing to do when you're making custom magic items too.
1: And it works great. Oh, Oh, (laughs) obviously, number three, just empower your character's strengths.
0: Those two go together. This is great. This is great advice, though. But yeah. Yeah.
1: Side note. We've gotten way ahead of ourselves because number two is very funny with what we just said.
0: Oh, my God. (laughs) Okay. All right. We're too smart. We're too smart for this article. (laughs) we got to stop discussing so much, I guess. Our bad. Uh, We'll get there. We'll get there. Okay.
1: So... Number three, empower your character's strengths. Again, you know we've we've alluded to it, and we, Celeste and I were talking uh, prior to recording about the days of three and three point five oh, boy. and Pathfinder one e and, and those things. There were definitely character builds that you had a focus. You mm-hmm. had an extreme focus. It was everything you did. Um, typically, this is your fighter with like. Your weapon became an extension of everything you I are. am no built
0: weapon. to throw my boomerang, and that is what I do. And I am the best. <laughs> yes, I have, <laughs> I, have, I have.
1: I have great. I have weapon specialization, um, and just all in. Every every plus to damage and everything that I could have. I've spent and, a so,
0: million gold enchanting my boomerang, so it comes back to me and has spikes and it's made of fire. Absolutely,
1: <laughs> you know? yes. Every time it, every time I get a critical hit, um, the the flames of heaven itself Just rain shoot down. down
0: yeah. yeah, an archangel appears and is like, <laughs> you know, yeah. yeah. And,
1: and like, in from that perspective, like at that point, you know, I would be more comfortable with going that direction because the player really has they've spent every resource. They've yeah. yeah, every, every level f- up has yeah, been every feet, into this. every yeah. yeah, every ability bonus, every amount of gold that they could possibly use. So then giving them something for that, it makes the most sense, even if it's smaller. Like, yeah. like even because that would also be a concern is if that is already their strength, giving them too much. Again, have I made something that I'm no longer comfortable with at my <laughs> table and I have to fight against? Um, I guess that's... I guess that's really my ultimate thing, is if at the end of the day you've made a magic item that you feel like you have to fight, you probably need to assess you've probably why that too is. Far.
0: Yeah, yeah. I will say this art is so wacky. I just want to explain. Uh, it's like a pink-haired, maybe bard who seems to be burping out pink bubbles, and some of them are butterflies. So empower your Ta- character's
1: strength. Boom! Top right hand corner, Nira Wild Mage.
0: Ah, uh, so, oh, okay. This is a wild magic. Okay, that feels that feels right <laughs> for this. Um.
1: Okay, if we're gonna if we're gonna comment on things, if you scroll back up to number five, there is a vicious battle rager who looks amazing, double axe wielding, oh spikes from head to toe, and for some reason that I do not oh, know. The- <laughs> yep you have seen it now there is a screaming frog in the bottom
0: (laughs) it's just his little face in like the bottom corner oh my god amazing i did not notice that i don't know this article slaps folks you should definitely check it out wow
1: As always, there's always yeah. For context, there's always a link to the articles in the show notes because, like like we have said from front to back, one of the reasons we do the articles is because there is a wealth of knowledge. Whether you don't like whether you don't like the content, whether you don't like the title, whether you love everything about it, like we do with this article, yeah. there is something to gain from reading them from front to back because there just is. There always will be. So, uh, but this one. As quoted, slaps from start to finish. Yeah, yeah. because number what is number two?
0: Oh my god, we've done it. Um, oh, here it is: make items that get more powerful as characters level up. Wow, yeah, we're just like this article is made for us, Nima. I feel like I feel like you got it, you got it, person. Yeah, yeah,
1: um, yeah. it's gonna, it's it's not yeah. gonna change when I tell you what number one is. So.
0: Oh my god! Okay, yeah. I mean, this is this is great. It's just like we said. Um, this is a fun thing we're starting to see a lot more. I think officially, Wizards of the Coast did level like items that level up. It appeared in like Theros has some of these like divine weapons that uh you know as you get more like piety points with your gods uh they level up in power. Uh, we've also seen it in like the Netherdeep book, I th- or not the Netherdeep, but whatever the first Critical Role one, Tales from Alexandria. I think they also had a bunch and then yeah, like Cobalt Press is doing it and like Vault of Magic. This is a trend we're seeing and something people are really excited for. So absolutely take that initiative in your custom designs and, and try this out.
1: Yeah. This is a really nuanced piece of advice that I that I feel now compelled to give because you've set me up for it. Um it, it's something to think about when and this almost has nothing nothing related to this article and i if i don't say it i will likely never remember it but one of the things to think about is when you're using books like let's say it's eberron let's say it's um the other ones that we just mentioned let's say it's Spelljammer. something to think about is those aren't always looked at as what would be what i would then consider core dnd 5e mm-hmm. um, because if you look at dragon lance that version of the Dragonborn is not necessarily, it's an alternative mm-hmm. to the base Dragonborn, but it is not a replacement for. Yeah. In the sense that like base D&D is still that Dragonborn and likely whenever we move forward, what looks what's looked at is that base or slash core, whatever version of that word you want to use. So think about those things because once you start mixing in too much, things will absolutely get weird with 5e <laughs> because if i let's say i start a character in Strixhaven and i get those backgrounds and those feats and everything oh, like that yeah. but then i give a, a magic item that levels up with me from exandria but then i also allow for this version of the dragonborn and then i just word word of caution that once you start adding enough books things will get weird that's not to say they won't be awesome but they will definitely be weird.
0: Yeah. I think I just looking at as many books as possible is always great. Like, especially if you're homebrewing, it goes right back up to that first rule though. Like just look at what is out there. And if you can familiarize yourself with how it's being done, you can definitely get an idea of where to start creating things that actually do really work in the narrative of your own world.
1: Yep. And anything that's been anything that's been published by Several companies, uh, wizards included, but Kobold Press or MCDM, they they just get play tested. Like so, when yeah. I make when I make stuff at my home game, uh, I can do napkin math and I can kind of field it out in my head and kind of run through a few scenarios. But it's not real testing. It's not real play testing until I put it in front of my players, and then. Ugh.
0: And then Ugh. if they like it, boy, Ugh. it's hard to take it away from them. <laughs> so, is. you know, just be careful <laughs> what you introduce.
1: It is. But one of the ways that you could potentially counteract that is by using number one.
0: Ah, uh, here it is and, again. <laughs>
1: yep. Add risk and reward by creating cursed items. Neat. Yeah, it just, it is what it is. Yeah. I mean, and the curse could simply be that you took it from someone that would really like it back. mm-hmm. mm-hmm.
0: I will say I don't love how a lot of like cursed items work now in 5e specifically because it's very unclear what is going on like when somebody is cursed exactly right like it's like take the axe of the berserker right it's like if you have the axe you are cursed does that mean the minute you touch it does that mean the minute you choose to wield it like you know things like that so I would say if you are introducing cursed items, just make sure that your character knows there's something up, right? And they have to give consent. It's like kind of the way the Fae work, right? Like, oh, you can kind of trick them into these deals, right? But at the end of the day, they have to say yes, and they have to like, know there's some kind of a price or say something, right? Like, cause if you just give somebody a cursed item and you don't give them any choice and they're just cursed, uh, that sucks. So don't do that, but like, yeah. If, if there's the, yeah, the high risk, high reward thing, like if you can nail that, usually you can make a pretty tempting item and it's, it's amazing how many players will be like, oh yeah, I mean, that's probably not that bad, right? Yeah, I'll totally take that, like, yeah. It'll
1: be fine. As long
0: as I get my plus three, I don't care if, you know, maybe there's a chance I might, have to do favors for some powerful evil dark god yeah i mean whatever when will that come up i mean anecdotally it's how
1: i got myself out of a bad situation by using the deck of many things <laughs> uh, because i got i got stuck in the astral plane because of one of the cards that i pulled but that i had already ga- basically i had already gained wishes and so i know i i mean i had already dm'd enough at that point that it's like well i know how to give I know how to give and get in this scenario. So I said, I would like everyone that is currently trapped in the astral plane to be free and each of them know that I was the one that
0: freed
1: them. Yeah. Nice. Fun fact. My DM said, oh, absolutely. Oh, sure, yeah. bud. Yeah. <laughs> Can do. And I was like, all right, I know, I know the game we're playing right now. Yeah. So those kind of things. And yeah, certainly I would almost I would almost not want to call it cursed items like yeah. that is an avenue you can go but like it's almost too mechanical because like okay so i i cast remove curse or i do yeah. x y and z and it's no longer there but my thought would be just have risk there needs to be risk for that reward
0: you get x as long as you're okay with y you know yeah. that kind of
1: anyone that sees it will fight you blah blah, blah 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 but
0: well there we go i think that was a
1: wonderful that article. was a
0: wonderful article great job <laughs> Nemo, well done. Nemo, well done. All of your points I agreed with.
1: But if you enjoyed that and you want to tell us about the magic items that you've been adding to your game, you can always email it Or no, then of that is the thing that I should say. In fact, I should instead say, if you enjoyed that, one magic thing that you could do is leave us a rating or review on your podcatcher of choice. And of course, if you wanted to tell us about the magic item that you've made for your game, you can always email us at dmnastics at gmail.com. And of course, you can head over to Twitter, where we're at dmnastics, I'm at maniac and Celeste is at C. Conowitch. And the rest of the network is on BlockPartyPodcastNetwork.com.
0: Also, we want to say a huge thank you to the Bards over on Bombarded for our intro and outro music. You can find out more about Bombarded at BombardedCast.com.
1: But with that let's head to the post workout cool down and stretch with the light bulb. Light bulb Celeste You have today's light bulb. Well, you know what? Let me preface today's light bulb. Mm -hmm. So one of the things that was brought up recently is that some of the light bulbs that we used to do were kind of tips and tricks for small things that you could do at your table just to make potentially your gaming experience flow a little bit better. So Celeste and I have been trying to come up with some of those. And Celeste, you brought up a great one.
0: Yeah, yeah. So uh, just thinking in terms of things that have made games more interesting or kind of added new mechanics or ways to think about, especially about building character backstories as part of like the Venture Maiden's Favor campaign. So this new campaign we've started in the last year or so, um, we've started doing a mechanic where every single episode or it would be session in this case, we do either a flashback, uh, a letter or a dream. And basically what's what's been really cool about this is like routinely I'll check in with my players and be like, hi, do you have any ideas for things you want to explore? Maybe a scene from your past, like as a flashback. And that's a really interesting way to like, you know, get more information about where the characters came from, or maybe like if they're facing a decision in the game that like for some reason they have an emotional response to something, you know, we can do a flashback and explore maybe what it was that like made that attitude a thing or like for dreams for me what I'm really enjoying as a GM if my players are stuck maybe in a mystery or something and like I can give them some cryptic clues or information like through a dream or if we just have something practical we want to do like a letter I can either have one from the NPCs like that come in and be like hi I need your help with this quest or like the players can choose to write letters back to their family members. So that has been a really fun thing to do, and having that, like those three options uh, around and having some of them be GM-based and having some of them be player suggestion-based has been a really cool addition to our campaign, and I feel like is a very useful tool uh, for GMs, especially with players who are looking to get a little bit more out of their backstories and their own personal narratives.
1: Yeah. The, and the other one that that had made me think of is long-time listeners will remember story time. And in one of those campaigns, one of the players was writing a journal. Mm-hmm. and it's an interesting one twofold because then it's also having your players engage more with the story that they're wanting to yeah. tell. And it can also be a version where you could... One, the other thing is you may find a player is really more engaged with this process, depending on how introverted they are at the table. The other thing you can do is between sessions, engage a player, you know, let's say you just roll randomly or choose randomly, or you go through a list in alphabetical order, Mm -hmm. irrelevant. But choose someone and have those conversations with them so that when you start your next session, they read their journal. Yeah, yeah. And now you got twofold because depending on how frequent your games are, mine happen to be once a month because that's where I'm at with my home game. That that brings everyone back up to speed because did someone let's say one player missed that means potentially it's been two months since they've played this campaign specifically and now you're having someone read out what happened last session and now was bringing bringing more light to the character and their voice as well as to what actually happened in the previous session um, so that's another definitely another version to add is basically just journal or diary entries um, between sessions
0: yeah. So I have these little these little things that kind of bridge like the player and the character experience, I think is a is a really cool way if you can yeah tap the creativity of your players or give them, you know, information that you wouldn't normally get outside the scope of a game, I think is a really cool way to just make your games feel more robust.
1: You know, and it's like you said, especially for Venture Maidens, if you're using it more, I mean, I would say even more so for your homebrew campaign, it helps helps make some of that heavy lifting not be all your problem. Not all your problem. Yeah. You're asking, like, <laughs> you came from here, and if we're being honest, I didn't really write a bunch about it. Yeah, so, so tell me
0: about it. Like, let's see it, you know, in a flashback, like, yep. right? Let's, do, let's explore your horrible history, like, growing Aha. up amidst the drought. What was that like uh, with a flashback, you know? <laughs>
1: Yep. So there you go. That is one light bulb from us to you. But with that, we'll turn out the lights and head out of the gym.
0: Before we go, I want to implore you, the listener, to join the forums, the Discord, Twitter, and anywhere else you can find us and take part in these challenges, exercises, and other amazing conversations being had.
1: And as always, to do that, head over to DungeonMasterBlock.FreeForums.net and try some DMnastics so your players don't ask, do you even lift?